What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back to the A's for Alcoholic podcast, the podcast where we talk about our crippling alcoholism, deep, dark despair. (laughs) Our crippling. And the the eventual, um, I don't know, I got nothing. The event, I don't, it was going to get dark. Wait, the eventual like, recovery. Eventual relapse, right? The, the no, redemption. The redemption. The, the, the redemption journey. Redemption journey of recovery. John and Jerry, the, redemption, European redemption road trip. <laughs> <laughs> European redemption road trip mm-hmm. from Milan to Minsk. Milan to Minsk. One woman's erotic <laughs> journey. <laughs> two men's. Two men's erotic Pl- journey. Platonic from, journey. Through, our erotic journey through recovery. That's this is the whole beginning of this podcast. The erotic journey of recovery. Yeah, it's just like, well, am I gonna masturbate today or <laughs> just cry? Or just cry. That's early Maybe recovery. Both. Yes. Maybe both. Yeah, that's early. Um. So I heard your um. Congratulations, your daughter just uh, hit uh, ten years sober. Is that right? Yeah, ten years sober. <laughs> it's a milestone. We had a. We actually had a donut cake. I saw the pictures. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Instant coffee, donut cake. <laughs> the fifth grader did the fucking read the you know the preamble. Read the daily re- the preamble. <laughs> I did a little part of the daily reflection. How Dora I sees it. The basket around, you know. Um, yeah, she's ten years old, man. That's so fucking crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah, man. I got a ten year old sitting in the living room right now, not doing her homework. What is God she? Damn it. What are they studying? Ten at ten uh, uh, in ten, uh, fractions and um, div- dividing, dividing fractions. I don't even know that shit. I check her homework now with a calculator because I'm dumb. I'm like, <laughs> I can't fuck with any of this. What's three? I'm like, fourths? sure, it'll hold water. <laughs> three fourths minus six eighths beats me. Zero. Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> Can you divide? It's not a math podcast. No, it's not a. There are. There's a good one uh, called. Nah, I mean, I don't know if you're into math podcasts. They can be pretty dry. But there's a good one by so, a number. You know, file. like the only number file. Mm-hmm. The only fractions I could do was like a fifth, a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> but is that a fifth of a gallon? I never knew. I always thought oh. a fifth of a whiskey was not a fifth of a gallon. Maybe it. it maybe it is. So, so a fifth, a fifth is roughly. 750 milliliters, milliliters, right? Right. 750 milliliters, I know this this for a fact, is equal to 25.6 ounces. So if you multiply 25.6 times 5, you get 125, and then the 0.6 times 5 is 3. So yeah, it's it's a fifth of a gallon. So it's 128 ounces in a gallon. The fifth is 25.6, and that's one fifth of a gallon. If you divide 128 by 5, you get 25.6. All right, so then a handle <laughs> bottle is not a gallon. No, that's 1.75 milliliters, which is going to be uh, 25.6 plus 33, so it's going to be 58.6. Is that correct? Did I? I don't know. You're doing <laughs> oh, bar math. I, I, I was doing drunk math because uh, I was like, listen, if a ga- if a handle bottle was a gallon of whiskey. And a fifth was a fifth of a gallon. Those handle bottles did not last me five days. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. like, a fifth would last me a day. And yeah. I can kill a handle in like three days. So would you ever um, Would you so ever save a, a little bit? About. Would you like save a little bit for the next that day? That was what that quarter was for, for the turbulence in the morning. Mm. 
Yeah, well, not in the morning. It was, yeah, depending on whether or not I had to work. If I didn't have to work, then it would be a beer, and then by about noon, there'd be a shot for the turbulence, or just a cocktail. But beer... And if it were, like, the beginning of the weekend, it was, like, definitely, like, okay, we're just going to start drinking now at 2 or at 1, because I'd be up by 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. The beer was usually michelada, clamato, and beer. That was sort of a quote-unquote meal. Yeah, right. Which is just salt juice and fucking Ugh. Ro- road sodas. Yeah. Yeah. I although I do crave like cl- clamato now. Every once in a while, like I'll see it in the store and be like, man, that'd be good with some like lime club soda, like a Lacroix or something. Do you do it? And I've sometimes, but then I don't enjoy them. Like I don't stop and savor them. I just pound them because the alcoholic like just totally takes the front seat and is like, get this shit down your gut huh fast and megan will be like you just pounded a michelada in like four minutes and i'm like oh, i did but like a virgin michelada right yeah so to me i'm like <clears throat> eh, what's the use i'm just gonna get all bloated from the salt and feel all crusty so it's just a waste of it's a waste of calories right because i never i i never savored a drink but i mean i think i'm preaching to the choir here i don't know a lot of people who did i mean you may have savored drinks at some point and been like oh let's really so ruminate and sit in this moment there i just never did man yeah i mean of course as a bartender there was there were there were genuine there were some genuine moments of research and development there were some genuine moments of like learning about it i mean i'm serious I, yeah but, no i love the term r&d it's R, just like doing you know, a little r&d drinking this rumpy for r&d man <laughs> right so mm-hmm. so um there were some legitimate moments but they were they far they were early in the evening. They were those were intentional. They were early in the evening. I used to go to cocktail classes, but you know they would have like there was one that was um it was called like night school or something like that with, uh-huh. and they would have like very very prominent bartenders in this is Seattle. In Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so you'd sit at this bar in this hotel in this very old school, very cool, swanky just kind of just awesome place to be right you know and so you'd yeah. sit there and they yeah. would have bartenders each one would you got a little book that had all the mm-hmm. recipes in it and talked about everything had the names of all the bartenders and they would each make a drink and they would talk about the history of the drink and you know this that and the other and it was a super like it was super nerdy super cocktail nerdy but it was it was pretty right. cool and so i would do those and then we would go get fucked up at the shitty bar down the road go and get <laughs> shit canned at a dive bar uh-huh. yeah 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 so it's so funny you talk about it even in the, they have the classes in an old bar like it's this whole members i'm a member of this thing mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like we go to these darkly lit places and some of them are dive bars and that's for the the whole niche kind of novelty aspect of being somewhere gross Right. <laughs> and then we go to these other darkly lit, pl- you know what I mean? Like dark mm-hmm. rooms with lots of old wood and the smell of old cigarettes in it because I'm a member here. I belong. Don't you understand? Mm-hmm. I belong here, you know? And that idea of that is so, to me, to this day, looking back on it, being outside of it, I, it's so, it's it's peculiar. But it's also, I understand the draw of it. Like mm-hmm. that's how oh, yeah. you get pulled into it is you become a member of this. It's it's in, a, in in so many ways. At the time, it was beautiful and it was fanciful right. and it was cool and it, like I felt special, you know. Right, and it's funny because this is our shared experience with it. Whereas I know some listeners to the podcast are more like, "Yo, man, I just drank beer. Like I came home and cracked the case and fucking killed the case. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or we went out camping and I got shit faced, drank a bunch of rum, and I was just like, I was I was party party Bob." I like to fucking party, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was there, but they were also that member of that, their own club in their own way of like, I like to have a really good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even Sometimes. if, <laughs> even being, even being a, a club member of one being, you know, right. like mm-hmm. for sure. I, I, I just think that, you know, my story is, is different in a, just because I of the job that I had and, you know, and very much so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we would go out to different places that, you know, maybe you, you, if you hadn't, if we hadn't met, you probably would have just been drinking. You know what I mean? Like, yes, absolutely. My, my story intersects with yours because I was in such close proximation to you Mm -hmm. that I just would go along for the ride. Plus I was always broken. You guys had bartender money. So I was like, who's (laughs) who's sponsoring me tonight? Cause I have no money, but I want to have a good time with you guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, That's Mm -hmm. funny. You use that. Cause we would use those, uh, those terms. That term. Who's going to sponsor me? 
yeah, I need a yeah. sponsor tonight. And like, yeah. And so I don't know if you use that intentionally or if you were making a joke about like a I did. recovery I think or if it just it might have been naturally. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Um, but it's so funny to think of those things, like even the classes and the classes where held in this regard, like I'm learning this new skill to R and D for my job. But then once we're done, we're all fucking going down there. The place is shuffleboard, and we're going to black out. School's you know, out, yeah. Reason. School's out, yeah. So and there was so I don't and I don't want to I don't want to discount that experience necessarily for some people. I don't think you should. Yeah. I I now or looking back, yourself. I have no I have I would have no <sighs> desire to do that. I would have no interest in it. It would not. I've ju- I think that I've just outgrown it, or I've 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 changed to the point where I wouldn't right. be interested in even remotely learning i don't need to learn new bartending skills i've done it for long enough and that you know that's not what it's about and it was mostly it was but it was about feeling like a part of this club and feeling cool and special and and like a step above man because i used to just drink and now i'm the one pouring the drinks and so there was that next level but i was also the same person who would end up being at home alone and kill a 18 pack and have no exactly same here same here so same here i mean i would go with you guys to these places and then yeah and then on my day off and everybody else is working i would just just drink by myself mm -hmm. play games i remember it so clearly and i I never forgot (laughs) dude it's it's it that's just the way the disease works right i mean that's just it's it's like fuck it i don't have i don't have any more excuses and the disease is like that's fine man you don't need any excuses you don't need to be social Mm -hmm. you don't need to have friends we got each other nah we got each other. We got tonight. Who needs tomorrow? <laughs> Why don't you stay? Our, leads us into our topic, dude. Which is, yes. Uh, so today's topic, today's episode is the letter I, and I is for it gets easier, but there's more to it than that. That's just the title. Right. It's because it's at, so it comes. We were kind of texting each other about it earlier today, and and he had all these I ones. That I thought were funny because it was like, I'm done with your shit. No, no, I'm done with this shit. It just made me laugh. That one, it's do or die time, buddy. I thought it was, some of, individual program was good though. But anyway, so I was like, well, what about the It Gets Easier quote from BoJack Horseman? Do you watch that show? So I don't know that show at all. I think you should watch it. It's on Netflix. Do you have Netflix to do that? Okay. It's, it's a, it's, it's interesting. It's a cartoon, but Will Arnett voices the main character. Okay. And uh, the main character is basically all these animals are alive and they live in Hollywood. I think you'd like it a lot, actually. There's a lot of wordplay in it. But anyway, the main character was a star of a TV sitcom in the 90s, like Full House. And now it's now and he's kind of washed up. And he's he suffers from hardcore depression. He's an alcoholic. He suffers from alcoholism. It's really <clears throat> pretty an accurate portrayal of alcoholism, actually. I'd say it's probably one of the most accurate I've seen in a TV show. But anyway, this is that preamble to that quote from the show where he starts running at one point. He's trying to better himself, so he decides, I'm going to run because he sees this baboon run by his house every day in a Mm -hmm. jogging outfit with a headband and shit. So he tries running, and of course it beats the hell out of him. So he ends up falling over and just laying on the ground, just beat because he smokes and drinks and shit, and his body's all fucked up. And the baboon runs by and stops and looks down at him, and through the sunlight, you know, beaming behind him, the baboon says... It gets easier. Every day it gets a little easier, but you got to do it every day, and that's the hard part, but it does get easier. And I thought it was so profound when I – actually, the first time I saw it in the episode, I like teared up. I was like, it does get easier, and you got to do it every – you know what I mean? It like broke my heart because it's like you got to do it every day, and that's the hard part. You know. Yeah. But eventually it starts to even out, and so I thought that would be an interesting <clears throat> topic because I think a lot of times – not only in early recovery, but even for me, like, you know, with, with, uh, you know, a quarter, what is this, a quarter of a decade? No, half a decade <laughs> in my fraction. But it's still, I mean, I don't have it figured out, you know, and it's still hard sometimes. It really is. Not, I don't get tempted. I don't have temptation. But those schools of that school of thought I attended for so long, that frame of mind I had for so long, it creeps back in. And it shows up in my attitude. That's what the dry drunk thing is for me, you know? So it does get harder. Like, I do feel not just negative about things, but there is a voice in my head that tells me, like, fuck it, you know, fuck it. It doesn't say, fuck it, go get drunk, but it definitely is like, fuck all this shit, get out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I have to attend to those needs every day. And that's the hard part is it's a routine you have to do every day, you know? I don't work steps every day, man. I, and, and I'm not going to lie and be like, 
you know, I do these steps every day. I work steps when I'm desperate, which may not be the best way to do this, but I work actively work at my recovery every day in the way that I think and in, in my gratitude and in the way I treat other people and in being accountable for my actions. You know, that's how I try to work at it every fucking day. You know? I think that's so important. I don't, I don't, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you for, you know, not like, do you read page 86 when you woke up this right. morning? <laughs> you never have. <laughs> no. you know? And I have had a very <laughs> lax attitude towards the program, especially, you know, and I do worry about it. I'm like, oh, Jerry, you better not walk that road. You heard them guys. Mm-hmm. You know, next thing you know, you're going to be fucking kissing people on the wiener for a fucking bottle of HRD or whatever. Which, whatever, um, I don't know. I laid that egg in the room, but, you know, like... <laughs> So kissing I, people on the wiener, kissing people on the wiener. So for a bottle of HRD, anything. What? Hey, man, it's you, we we. It ain't called rock bottom for nothing. Um, right. So I went to my meeting this last Sunday after missing one the weekend before because, and I so I only go to one meeting a week. Now, yeah, I I often feel like, gosh, I should really just go to another one. And I always feel so good after this. And why don't I go to another one? And I don't know if there's resistance or if it's laziness or if I've I've just gotten my fill. So I'm cool or whatever. But I went there and um, I was listening to a guy who I've talked to outside of the rooms and he's known. Well, anyhow, so he is. 43 years sober. So I'm 43. Wow. So he's, yeah. he got sober like basically around this right before I was born. And so he knew the sixth guy and I don't remember the guy's name, but there's the sixth guy who helped write the book. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, part of me wants to like reach out to him and be like, yo dude, can we, can we get on the podcast? And I talked to him once before and he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And he's an old biker dude. Right. And, um, okay. So this is, this is, but he talks a lot about the program and what it did for him and how he didn't know how to read. And the guy taught him how to read by using the big book. And so this guy is everything that you would think this guy's got to be a fucking book thumper. And in his, he, he gave a share on Sunday on his 43rd birthday. Um, and he, he basically was talking, he started talking about some other book. It was called like Drop the Bottle or something like that. It was like a right. Buddhist way of of recovery or something like that. And mm-hmm. the thing that struck me is not only is he like this amazingly kind and generous and helpful dude who, you know, was very gruff on the outside and, and, um, but, but just so, just a really nice guy. And, um, he was talking, he was praising another book in the middle of a meeting which I thought, right. which kind of blew me away. And then he was talking about another one that he didn't have in his hand. And I had to speak up. And one of the things that I wanted to say, or that I said to the to the class or to the room, to the class, um, was that I was like, hey, you know what's really cool is like, there's so much flexibility in this structure that we all come here together and we, we all follow this particular set of rules or not even rules, guidelines, suggestions, right? Just, just suggestions. And... And here we are talking about other books. And so, and this is the, and I brought all this up and I was like, this is one of the things that really attracted me to this particular set of suggestions. And he, and he basically said, the thing that he said in, in replying to that was that we all come in here from different angles and different levels and different bottoms. So you're not going to, how did he put it? we're not all going to require the same things at the same time in the same amounts. Right. So, so if I don't do exactly what somebody else did or, you know, and he used to say like back in the day, 40 years ago, like that's the way it was. It was like, shut the fuck up, newcomer, sit down and listen. I ain't got shit to hear from you. You better do what we say or you're going to die because that's, that's all that they knew. Right. That's just how they knew it. And that was 40 years ago. And that means that the program was only 40 years old. Right. So, right. so I think that that was something that was really, that was a, a big epiphany for me that on Sunday was that we all come at, we all come at this thing or we all find ourselves in need of some kind of recovery at different levels and at different places in our lives. So it can't yeah, be, absolutely. it can't be just do this and everything will be fine. 
this is the only way it works. This is the only way. Now that I, means but some people do feel that way though, mm-hmm. dude. I think there are some universal truths and there are some universal um, human needs that, you know, that need to be met. Like you say, my need to not just say, oh, fuck it. I'll drink. Right. There's that mm-hmm. like whatever it is inside you that that wants to give up. Whatever it is inside you that wants to just run away, whatever it is inside you that wants to just toss aside any whatever the situation, the person is, any of that stuff. That's still something inside you that that resides there, whether you're drinking or not. And you've 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 gotten over to the point of like saying, I'm going to drink over it, but it still shows up. So I feel like that's something that is a universal um, feeling or emotion that we all have as alcoholics, even if. Each one of us is coming at it from a different angle. Yeah. there. I think there's that shared feeling of not only desperation, which brings you into the room. You know, you have that desire to stop drinking. And sometimes mm-hmm. that desire is super desperate, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, I, I know I share that with a lot of people, that, that feeling. But also, like you said, that there's that shared idea of, I don't, I want to use the word escape. But I don't know if this is the right word for other people, and I don't want to apply that to other people. But for me personally, what I call escape, someone else has another word for. You know, but it is that idea of, ah, fuck it. And it may not be a, ah, fuck it, let's get drunk. But there's definitely, like, you talk about the shit fuck stack, which is the negative shit. But my shit fuck stack is always ends with, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm done. If, mm-hmm. I, if I can't play this game correctly... No one is allowed to play this game, and I'm flipping the table over. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I I'm a big fan of destruction and self destruction. I've I've been like that since I was a little kid. You know. I think what I I gotta avoid that. <laughs> That's I think I it's relief, that, you know? Jerry. I think the positive one or the 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 positive part of that or the the flip side of that coin of saying oh fuck it is you just uh-huh. you just want relief. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Stop pushing. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like stop pushing on that nerve. I'll just worm my way out of it mm-hmm. by force or by, by being sneaky or whatever. Avoidance was always my shit. You know, avoidance and self-destruction were always my shit. Like if I had a bill to pay dog, I ain't paying that shit. Go ahead and call a collector. What are you going to take from me? You're going to take this old couch that, you know, of shared friend of ours threw up on one night you know what i mean like who denied he threw up on the couch but i know you threw up on the couch because i saw you throw up on the couch but anyway nasty. i saw it was nasty but i'm like what are you gonna take so i avoid this mm-hmm. you know i avoid this or i say fuck it i'm done i'm not doing it good luck you know i'm out i'm sailing away mm, take me away yeah. to where i'm going <laughs> is that christopher cross <laughs> Yes, or yeah. no, Come Sail Away. That's not Come Christopher Cross. Come Sail Away. That's two different songs. Come yeah, sa- we're mixing sticks. them both up. So let's talk about it getting easier. Okay. And how it's easier today versus, I mean, I think that I have used this metaphor before and I'll use it again, that in the very beginning, in the very early days, there was, it was like triage for me. It was absolute fucking chaos and just trying to not just to keep it together for one more day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not even. I mean, I wasn't even worrying about healing myself. I wasn't worrying about like getting better. I wasn't worrying about, you know, the spiritual malady. I wasn't worrying about my relationships with anybody. It was just yeah. this sort of tooth and nail scraping and clawing to stay just remotely sane for 24 more hours or to get to as close to sleep as I could, because at least when I slept, I didn't have to think about these things. And so, I mean, it was just that it was, there was a lot of, there was still a lot of like anxiety and terror and uncertainty. It's, it's funny. There is, was a lot of anxiety for me. There was terror in the sense that I was going to fail. Mm-hmm. because a lot of that climbing the walls and that anxiety was that I was going to drink. And I kept telling myself, don't drink. Don't drink because you do bad things when you drink. And also, not only do you do bad things when you drink, you can't stop drinking when you drink. You just fucking can't, dude. And so, yeah, so like a lot of it in the beginning was like, don't do this because every time you do this, you fuck everything up. 
and everybody's going to leave you and you're going to be all alone and nobody's going to want to hang out with you and you're you're just you're going to fucking die so stupid you know mm-hmm. that was early that was early that was the hard hard <clears throat> part i'm past that now i don't think every day don't drink i just don't drink right now and right. then when things get rough and my brain is like, mm, what do you say, buddy? How many fists are in a gallon? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's when I got to work my shit a little bit, you know, or like sit down and actually think about it and pull back and look at the whole thing, you know? Yeah. I, I just love that, like, you got to help your, your daughter with fractions and like, I just I imagine, I just imagine weed, like the, actually. the beautiful mind where you're just like the numbers start popping in the, it's just oh, popping up, sh- sh- but it's like the right. back of liquor bottles, 750 yes. milliliters. And- Cause I never, of course I never measured out each shot or each drink. No. I just would just pour until it seems sufficient. And mm-hmm. then, you know, sometimes yeah. it's a little too but much, yeah. sometimes a little too little. Or like just me being like, listen, Olive, if I drink half a fifth and i'm in bed by 3 a.m i'll have the minimal amount of hangover and be up by 11 30 maybe for work do you know what i mean like those are the fractions in my brain that was yeah mad. yeah dude so it it gets better and it it only it only got better for me by i th- i think there was a certain level of fear in the beginning for sure that like kept me going and kept me kept me on it i did not have I had different things to lose. I don't want to say I didn't have as much to lose as you, but I did not have a yeah. I did not have a family. I was not married. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I think in some in some respects it might seem like my situation was maybe not as dire. But it didn't it's not not to say it didn't feel that way, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> so But I mean, you know, it, but it, I you know, it's funny you say that because I think about me if i were single and had no wife and daughter and would i still be drinking do you know Mm. what i mean because they were the catalyst in my life that was my catalyst you know that was the thing that switched it switched everything upside down but then i think would i find recovery as a single person and it's uncertain i don't know so i don't think about it too much but it's a fun thought experiment whereas you were all alone in the sense that you were literally alone you had like no one and Mm -hmm. yet you still hit that point in your life where you're like this is not only not working, this is like dangerous. And this is like the, such the opposite of the fun I was having two years ago, you know, or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then because people always do that sober November and we talk about this, but to them, it's like, OK, I need to pump the brakes because it's getting a little a little wild, you know. Whereas, like, I think guys like you and me look at it and we're like, man, there's, it's not just pumping the brakes. Like, I need to pull this e-brake because this shit is, like, beyond wild. And I know what I'm capable of. I have to like, get out of just, the car. I have to get out of the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I have no beef with the sober things. Sometimes I get a little bristly and resentful. But I have to brush that off. That's a Jerry problem. You know, mm-hmm. that's whatever. You want to um, drink beer and grow your mustache for this month? Knock yourself the fuck out. For you know? Yeah. You want to, uh, what's the other thing? You want to refrain from no f- masturbation? Oh, no. Yeah, no fap November. Yeah. I knew you were gonna go there because I was about to be like, man, I was about to throw that one. <laughs> there's down. a lot of there's a lot of uh, research out there about seminal uh, retention that you know. I mean, whether or not you believe the life force keeping it within really? you, I don't know. I, that's weird. That's like <laughs> Doctor Strangelove. This is twice we've talked about fucking jacking off on this podcast. My mom's so, going to be making pancakes going, what the hell, Jerry? I just hope she doesn't have company over in the morning. Um, All right. She's like, hey, would you like listen to my son's AA podcast? And it's just like two ladies from her my granddaughter's school. We're like, no. No, I would not. So so where was I? Um, no, just that, I just that there's – I, I feel like there's um, – there may or may not have been, oh, a lot less or a lot more to lose for you. Uh-huh. One of the things I think that I one one of my catalysts was not only did I that I had some sort of epiphany on my own for for sure because I was alone, but I realized too that reaching out to you, who's somebody who is my oldest friend, who I at the time was probably as distant as I had ever been from you in our relationship yes. and our friendship. Yeah. It was because fairly was non-existent. Sober, bro. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was fairly non-existent. I would call you up and maybe I'd be drunk. I'd usually be drunk, maybe a little bit tipsy, like just enough to usually, not. Dude, you were drunk like every time. <laughs> there, see, there you go. There you go. So I was yeah. drunk every time trying to call you up and you were just like, man, 
and I think you you were always nice enough, but it was like the 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 conversation was always the same. It would always end up like, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic, Jerry. Am I an alcoholic? What do I need to do? You're like, uh, you 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 know what you are. You know what you need to Dude, do. You know what you need to do. And I, I my favorite part is the uh Yeah, like you're hitting me up about this shit and I'm literally like not even a year sober. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing right now, dude. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was there was definitely that was part of it, was this idea that that and I don't know that it was fully formed but this idea that you were moving on and things were changing and and why were things changing for you and i couldn't it was something that i couldn't be a part of anymore and we were not a part of yeah. this. we were that that club we were talking about at the top of the hour there like that club was gone and i wasn't allowed in that club and you or you you weren't showing up to that club and i couldn't nope. get you to come mm-hmm. and it just and everything it just felt like all the good times had fallen apart it felt like you know what I mean? It felt like the fucking none of the video games at the arcade worked anymore. And I kept going no. around trying to like get one just to work. Pushing the button. Pushing the, the button. Back to, and everything's all, you know, gone. nothing's working. Nope. And Mm-mm. I think in those first couple of months where I did it by myself without any help were awful. Um, and then I finally got help. And then I started going to meetings. And then I finally got a sponsor. And then that took that whole process took like six months, maybe seven or eight months. No. Yeah. That took like six months for me to get from, I need to quit to, I should really talk to somebody on the regular about this. And it can't be my friend who's still newly, you know, sober and doesn't really (laughs) know either just because, well, I think there's something, I don't know that I could, I mean, how would you feel if like somebody who was your friend wanted you to sponsor them? I would, I probably wouldn't do it because I, I, I wouldn't, I, but I wouldn't sponsor anybody though, mm-hmm. because I, I shouldn't be sponsoring people because I haven't worked through all the steps yet. Right. So even when I go to a meeting and they do the raise your hand to sponsor, like I cross my arms cause I'm like, I, I haven't gone all the way through. Right. But at the same point, I feel like you and I have entered this definite weird sponsoring each other relationship sometimes where we depend on each other. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? As far as like advice and perspective and do we do we do this thing once a week like i'm surprised i haven't quit to be honest with you <laughs> do you feel like you, do you feel like first do you feel ahead, like you sorry. would um what you would be letting me down or something like that is there is there well guilt we just have you... a relationship we have a uh, we have an mm, obligation to each other yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah and so i'm like yeah dog like i can't quit because i need john and john needs me right now so you know, maybe so it's a I don't know. We'll deeper. see what happens later. But mm-hmm. yeah, because usually when I get obligate myself to things, I end up hating them eventually, not wanting to do them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ugh. And that's also that part of my brain that I need therapy for or something. I mean, I'm surprised I've been married for ten years. You know, not really. I mean, I love my wife. No, no, no. But you're you're once again. But but <laughs> you know, like once I and so I feel like part of it is not the obligation as much as it is that we have this relationship where like i haven't been to a meeting in a while so sometimes i need to do this with you to give myself a little solace and be like right mm -hmm. you're connecting with another alcoholic and one who knows you really well you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i i was never good at asking for a sponsor i kind of had a sponsor i had someone i worked with but even he was really adamant like i'll be your sponsor but don't i'm not responsible for your ass you know and so Mm. we worked together for a while but you know we hit a step and then hit a snag and then he opened up a new business and was working his new business and I was super flaky. It takes two to tango. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, I never called him and he never yeah. called me. And so we just kind of, I still love him very much. So I care for him a lot. I mean, he showed me a lot of things about recovery and gave me a lot of really great perspective on who I was as a person through his own actions and who he was, as, who he is as a person. You know, I, I learned a lot of kindness from that man. Yeah. Which is weird for me to say without any sense of irony. Do you know what I mean? Like I learned a lot of kindness from that man without being a smart ass about it, you know, but, but you're not working with anybody either though. Are no, you? no, I'm not. I like mean, it's just weird this... limbo, this sort of, um, I don't want to call it purgatory, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some, maybe that's an apropos <laughs> metaphor for, yeah. I mean, when the, the guy who I had as a sponsor for, well, for however long it took, but I feel like we kind of rushed through the last half of it 
and we didn't really yeah. like we didn't fully go through because he was leaving town and it was just like it's just something that happens you know people leave yeah. and people move and you know i can't expect him to you know upend his or you know not move on with his life because i need to finish whatever i need to finish so yeah. i don't feel like we went through the the last part of the of the of the program so no right. i don't know i wouldn't and if somebody asked me to sponsor them i mean i yeah, I don't know. Or if a friend, I don't think that I would do it with somebody I was yeah, close dude. with. Because right. I feel like I would be like, okay, well, let's start this. But you need to find somebody who you're not, who you can't take advantage of. Because I know that from the beginning as an alcoholic, I was looking to manipulate the situation and the system. So right. if I had somebody I was close with and could take for granted and could flake on and somebody who was, I knew how to manipulate then I don't because I didn't know how to manipulate the person who was helping right. me. I just knew right. like, okay, we're gonna go and I'm gonna meet you at your house and sure I'll have a cup of tea and uh we're gonna do this thing and so I don't think that I would, not somebody close. I mean if somebody came to me I would give them all the help in the world that I could, but I Right, would, and I would extend as much help as I yeah. was capable of extending, you know, but I far be it for me because I think the whole idea of sponsorship, I don't even know if it was in the early AA literature. I don't think it was. I think mm. it's fairly new in the past however many years you know but i don't think it was the original thing was just to work with another alcoholic it wasn't like grab bill he's your sponsor you work with him now do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i think it was just like there was no terminology for it it was just another alcoholic you worked with and i think over the years it changed of course and sure but um i think as long as we connect with each other as as much as we can you know as much as i think as much as we need to we're okay you know, mm-hmm. I do. But then again, that's bad advice for some people. You know, some people, we all do it different, man. I hear guys in meetings who are like, bang, I bang out my fucking, I banged out all 12 steps in five months. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jesus, really? Five months? Like, you don't get a license at the end of this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, well, some people are more desperate than others, right? I mean, that's kind of what I've, that's See, what I've and come look to at, learn. There's your perspective to give to me, you know, where I'm coming from this place of like judgment, like slow your ass down. You're looking at me like, hey, man, bam, bam, and bam. And then I'm like, fucking AA Jedi magic. There it is. Dude. Man, I think we've talked about AA more in this podcast than in the other one. That's uh, We have. So, and, well, Listen, and, we're, we're not, we don't represent it in any way. No. <laughs> I do not represent it. I'm a terrible representative. I'm, so I'm simply I. representing my own personal, our own personal experiences. A, just a bunch of shit we cobbled together. Right. And, you know, yeah. that tends to be... AA adjacent um right. but that being said having the help and the support is what made it easier as mm-hmm. th- as time went on and it was really fucking hard for a while and even during the times of help and support it was really difficult to kind of go like okay this is how my brain works oh and i have to change it but i don't want to change it mm-hmm. coming right. home feeling sad fucking crying you know right. after like so much crying jesus christ man it yeah. was like mm-hmm. like it just and just wanting it to stop and you know that shit sucks but then i got moved through that thing and then the next step was you know what i'm done with this shit for a while i don't want to get up in the morning and go to this meeting and so i just didn't go and that lasted yeah. for another few months and it was like oh why did i do that that was probably just because I had to do that because I had to get that thing out of the way so that I could then like, it was like, I finally came to this point where I go, Oh, these meetings are here to help or these people are here to help. And it feels good rather than me being resentful or fucking begrudgingly going like that. You know, we talk about the whole like dance where you're like, I don't know if I have enough time and I got to like, I got to put my shoes on and but I just, I just started dinner and I really want to play this game. And like, I, it starts at seven yeah. and I just thought that I should go and it's six thirty eight. I don't know if I can make it there. And you're like all this fucking fretting. And you're like, yeah, I can, I can make it, you know, three miles down the road in 22 minutes and just put a fucking hoodie on and go. You know what I mean? Right. But mm-hmm. we do this thing where we're like, yeah, uh, 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 and then we get there and like, oh my God, this is, I feel so much better. Wow. What a relief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, it does get easier. It gets easier in the first year. It got easier in the first year for me. It got easier. It got harder in the second year. What was the third year? 
The third year, know. I was still, I was, I was much bigger. I was still, I was still very heavy. I was still eating a lot. I was fucking, I was sober, but I was like, I was, I was still, I had a voracious appetite for everything else. I used to, that was a, the third year was a lot of video games and M&Ms and salami. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> ugh, I don't know why the combo bummed bum me out. Cause usually <laughs> I'd be like, fuck yeah, dog. But yeah, the combo is like, ugh. And I was telling someone at work the other day that I was like the best Christmas present ever for me at one point in my life was a handle of Jim Beam and a Pepperidge Farms gift box. <laughs> I was like, I'll fucking marry your ass. Mm-hmm. Which I did. I married the woman who bought me that. So Yeah. But just thinking of salami like oh. and M&M's and what we, oh, Fallout 4. Yeah, Fallout 4. like, four. I can't build a house. How do I take care of these people? I'm like, don't. You're like, yeah, but they'll die. I'm like, who cares? Right. I couldn't build the house. I think that's why I ended up playing the fucking Walking I Dead. I just build these like extravagant. I know. I have these like extravagant homes. And- I wish you people could see the time <laughs> and effort. It's beautiful. Like so, when I went to go visit Jerry a couple of years ago, we hadn't seen each other I, forever. Dude, that fucking shit. Yeah. And he's taking me through the Fallout, and this is not online, unfortunately. Otherwise, but in the game, like he had this whole gorgeous setup, and all these people are all mingling around, and like this. Is poke I had a bar post. I had a yeah post apocalyptic. It was a whole town. I had multiple bars. I had an armory. I had lookouts and yeah. scenic vistas and views. And these people I mean, were living there. lavish. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there they're was no. Great. They were not concerned about the fallout or the raiders or anything like Nothing. that. I was like, I have thirty turrets on this base. Nothing's attacking it. You're all safe. Go to sleep, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> but but those those were. I think like and I think about those times and uh-huh. you know like that was part of that was part of your recovery. <laughs> yes. It's still part of my recovery. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. I mean that's the thing I fixate on. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I but I don't really play as much as I used to. Like today I've played I played for maybe an hour and a half today mm-hmm. because I had other things to do now. My days off are like just doing stuff all day. So I run and then I come home and clean and start laundry and then decide to do something else and then at that point i'm like fuck maybe i should play some games today you know? right yeah um not and i'm not judging man because like if that's what it takes to like be comfortable because there's so much other stuff going on like there was so much going on in my brain that you know if all i could do was eat and play games super awesome and you know i think somewhere in the fourth year there and i'm coming up i'll be five years this fucking uh, july um mm-hmm. but is when it finally switched that, you know, the physical now I was all the physical pain was, was too much. And yeah, I, before I could tolerate that as long as I could ingest and imbibe and things like that. And that's when I was like, okay, now I need to change something else. And, um, and it's, it has, it's gotten easier and easier and easier. And even those, those difficult days where, I don't feel like doing it. And on those difficult days, I haven't, and I said this maybe a couple weeks ago, but I haven't had a bout of depression in like, I feel like six months, like a really heavy one, like one that kind right. of Right, the one that lasts me. a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't had one of those. In... They get shorter for me too. <clears throat> they get maybe shorter? That's the, it gets easier part. They get shorter. I get them, I get to really sad for like maybe a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty regular. That's like every few weeks I'll get like a little sad ennui uh, for like two, three hours. What's the fucking use? And then I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. The use is to do rad shit with your kid and hang out with your wife and run for miles. For what? I don't know. I don't know. Bikini season's coming. Bikini season. Dude, you're going to yeah. be ready. You're going to have. I was have... telling my counter guy, counter girl. No, mm-hmm. I was telling my counter guy at work. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be ripped gross. I'm gonna be so hot. It's gonna be fucking gross. And he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just gonna take off my shirt. It's gonna be so awesome. Everybody's gonna be kind of grossed out a little." Jerry's gonna have that nice V like Brad Pitt in Fight Club with the fucking. It's gonna be a little weird though. Like, <laughs> like it looks good, but yeah, but that's kind of gross. I don't know why. I just thought that the, the start... two together, the juxtaposition to be like, "I'm gonna be so hot. It's gross." Yeah, you you should start tattooing with your shirt off. I should. The guys would love that at work. They already fucking resent the shit out of me. Why? Because you're not fucking doughy and... Yes, dude. They get mad about it. They're like, you fucking skinny, thin pussy, fucking freezing your ass off in here. 
Just quit, quit putting pictures of yourself on Instagram with no shirt on. I almost threw up. <laughs> I'm all proud of myself. I'm yeah. like, look, man, I worked out so hard. I'm like getting actual muscles. They're like, I almost threw up in my mouth. Gross. Yeah, well, you like, know. I think those people are just... I'm like, we'll see who's laughing this summer when I'm gross hot in my mm-hmm. mesh tank top, motherfucker. Right? People are just <laughs> jealous, dude. And people, it's it's again, it's like they're just resentful. And it's just Man, the, it's just it's just them resenting. It used to hurt my feelings, but now I'm like, I still don't push shirtless pictures of myself on Instagram anymore, though. Mm. I might though. Nice, ladies, ladies, and some select men, <laughs> and also anybody else in between, get ready for some thirst pics. I'm gonna start taking some screenshots, and I'm gonna start posting naked. Doing some thirsty, some A-A. thirsty pics. Of you. I mean, yes, uh, yeah. A is for alcoholic. The thirst, thirst trap. Sober thirst trap. Yeah, it's just me, the mm-hmm. podcast, and set up and just flex in my one tiny arm muscle. Mm-hmm. Forget about that thirst for alcohol. I got what quenches you. It's a 44-year-old <laughs> man. How old are you going to be this year? Are you going to be 45? Four, I'll be 45. Wow. Almost 50, dog. Yeah, that's crazy. It's stupid. We've I hate been, it. We've been doing this a long time. What, the podcast or just being well, alive? Just being alive. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a trip to me. Like when I think about somebody was asking me about when I had met you and I was like, well, 98, 97, 90, 97. So it was 97 was the first original meeting. And I was like, mm-hmm. fucking 97. And uh, that would mean that's 30. That's not 30 years. No, no, that's no, 24, no. 25, something like that. Yeah. 23. Like that. Okay. Not 30 years. Um, But yeah. And it's so... I just feel so much more, I mean, I don't know about you these days and we've talked about inspiration and, you know, where it comes from and not, not even inspiration to create like some fount of beauty and, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but just Mm -hmm. to be alive, to like, to sit here and get excited to talk with you about running, you know, or, or to be excited to be in my own body again. Right. I mean, that's got to be, be like something. Comfortable, yeah. Well, I'm comfortable, relatively comfortable. Relatively, for me personally. But I'm typically uncomfortable in general. But but you're far more comfortable than you were a couple of years comfortable. ago. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I don't have heartburn anymore. <laughs> man, I cut I cut the uh, probiotic, the yogurt, out of my diet, and I just I'm not a fart machine anymore. It's that's all rad. it was. It was just it was, dairy. That's huh? all it was. It was dairy. Yeah, because I had a quesadilla yesterday and it. Fuck my night up. I was like, oh. So I've been doing this. And so now I'm like, why am I even putting yogurt in this smoothie then? Because I was doing it for the protein, but that protein's gone. So. Fuck it. I might just get rid of that. Yeah. I mean, I've got one more coconut yogurt left, but. Now I'm just eating egg. Somebody at work was telling me to put a raw egg in the smoothie. And I'm like, man, I don't want no salmonella. No. Don't do no. that. I'll just boil an egg and eat it. That too. That's what I did until I quit yeah. eating eggs. But I mean. Right. Yeah. Well, that's another thing too, though. I don't know. Anyway. I, you you're doing fine as long as you're healthy and you feel good. Then fucking do whatever. I mean, it's just I'm these are right. the things that we talk about now versus the the desperation and fear of you know like oh man I went to a meeting or I'll I would call you up and be like I had this dream last night I was drinking right. again like you're a like drinking dream I'm, you're like are you drinking now I'm like no I just feel so awful you're like it's okay. Like, you're going to be all right, you know? Like, yeah. I don't have those anymore. I had one a few months ago, and it didn't. I didn't I didn't get scared about it. I just woke up and was like, that was stupid. Mm. Like, fucking brain, like, shut up. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. I went back to sleep again, you know? It's kind of like those the Dr. Sleep fucking monsters in his head. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. Just put him in a box. You yeah. just put him in a box. And now my dreams are like... Can I read you this? I got. A, I wrote this down one morning in my in my phone. Yeah, let's bust out your dream journal, dude. <laughs> hey, God, let's do so, it. So, it's about a guy. His name is F. Roy Rogers. I don't, I, I don't know what the F stands for, but they were calling him Froy Rogers in the dream. Uh-huh. And it's just a young man goes skydiving over the ocean, forgets to deploy his chute, and almost drowns. There's a big job he is up for. Decides the night before to write a big paper and presentation. It fails miserably, but the boss sees the passion the kid has and gives him a job anyway. 
giving tours at a local aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> is this this is your dream? That was my dream. How do you remember that level of detail? And you're an observer, so the dream's not happening to you. You're yeah, watching. I was it watching to it person. like a movie. And so I wrote this at 7.25 a.m. So I must have just woken up and I was like, I got to get this out fresh. And I just started typing madly in my notes. Like that was. I've never, I don't think I've ever had a dream that I wasn't the center of. Huh. I've always been the center of all my dreams that I can huh. recall. It's always been me reacting to things. I don't think I've ever watched like F. Roy Fitzsimmons. <laughs> it was Freud. That's His name was Freud. That's very, Freud. Freud. That's very interesting. I don't know. Maybe some listener out there is like, I'm a dream expert and a recovering alcoholic. Let me help you out, buddy. If there are any uh, dream analysis, analysis, anal, anal, analysis, let me know what you think. Hit up John. Don't hit me up, man. Yeah, leave serious. Jerry out of this. Yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend who would tell me her entire dream when she'd wake up. It would be like 15, 20 minutes as monologue. And we would fight because she'd want, insist on telling me. And at some point I'd be like, I don't want to hear your fucking dreams. They're boring. Ugh. And she'd be like, how dare you? And I'm like, what do you mean, how dare you? You're taking all my life away right now mm-hmm. by talking about how you had baby arms and you kissed your sister or something. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, f- I honestly don't. Breaking my heart. So, <laughs> so yeah, I know, that was just the brief synopsis. That's all I could remember. And I wanted to get the big stuff down. And then I was like, yeah, can I make a movie out of this? How do I do this? And I'm like, maybe it would be a weird ass movie. So call Wes Anderson, I guess. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So, so it gets, it gets easier and then my dreams get easier and my life gets easier and my diet's gotten better. And yeah. this whole idea, the whole notion of exercise is now like this thing that I, I think about like. I don't know. Do you ever like plan out your routes the night before or think about? Yeah, I just did it last night. Yeah, it feels good. I get excited and I'm like, maybe I'll go. This I have way the same four I do, but this was a new one today. Mm-hmm. Today was a new. Uh, I mean, I was freestyling on an old route, made it a little <laughs> new. I had to run a little extra at the end because I try to do it all in one big circle, mm-hmm. or I try to do it all there and back. You know, and that that's my whole round three, three and a half, four miles or whatever. Yeah. And uh, by the time I hit my house, I was like, dang, I still got a quarter of a mile to go. So I had to run around the block once. Um, so my map wasn't really clean on my app. It mm, had a little. So you don't stop before the four miles. You make sure you get the all four in. Like I want all. F- if I'm uh, if I'm at four and a half, I might as well get all four. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I try to that, but I I always do a base three every every time I run. Always three, mm. at least three. Some days I'll do four. Some days I'll do five. But those are rare days. That's when I'm feeling like hot and I'm like, dang, it's not 30 degrees out. Like when spring comes around, I'll probably start doing four and five. Nice. Just because it sucks being out there in the cold. It does. And I have to wear gloves and then. You'll be up to seven in no time. Yeah. 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 We'll see. I mean, I don't run as much, but I do plan the routes out. And Megan was watching me because I found this little app online that you can draw on Google Maps. Mm -hmm. What's the app? I can't remember the name of it. I'll send it to you because it's like map my route pedometer google map it's got some weird fucking name because hmm. everything else is like map my run map my route which i don't like using because it conflicts with the spot of or the fitbit yeah the two apps conflict with Are you each on other Stra- and- uh, is it strata strava there's another For one what? this is orange one i don't know what it's called oh an app no i'm just on the fitbit app okay and then i just use this one to plot it beforehand and then i remember it right i'm like all right i run down you know, I'll run down Fox Hollow till I hit Hilliard, take a left and take the trail all the mm-hmm. way down and back up around and back up to the house again through the park. And that's three miles. So these are the these are the exciting conversations, conversations that we get we to have, have mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> in recovery. Because well, what was it during like active alcoholism? Right. It was just about booze or getting it was always fucked about up booze or who got fucked up or who's having drama, who's having drama, who- who's mm-hmm. who's more of an idiot. Yes. Or who fucked Who's up? Who's doing the, something stupid? Yeah. Yeah. How dumb somebody yes. is. Oh, you had to go get forty-two stitches, or oh, mm-hmm. you fucking choked out a guy on a roof across the street from the bar who's shining a laser light on you, or whatever <laughs> dumb thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like, oh, you fucking had a meltdown last time we were out, and so fuck that guy, you know? Right. So yeah. or and then in early recovery, all our conversations were just 
Are you going to be okay? I think I'm going to be okay. You think the storm is... You know, I felt like we were in a cave hiding from the storm. <laughs> and it was like, is the storm over? Yeah. You think the storm will end? You know, and every once in a while you watch peek the out. news. Like you see yeah, that. Yeah, you just like, peek oh. out. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like one newsman guy in the cave was like, hey, the storm will be over in a few weeks. And then a few weeks pass and it's not gone. And you're like, you fucking liar. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I felt in the beginning. Like, are we going to be okay? If As long as we don't go back out there, we'll be okay. But, you know. Then you have like one sunny day and you go out running out in the sunny day. Yeah. Oh my God, this is amazing. This is great. Yep. Don't stay out there too long. And then you got to like run back in the cave because the fucking clouds come again. And right. And then I think I are, we're just, the storm hasn't passed all the way. I just think we're getting more sunny days because I still get clouds. I still got to get in the cave. Yeah. Even God damn, like two days ago, my wife's like, you need to go to a meeting. I, isn't that funny how they they like, know you're being intolerable you need to go to a meeting so i was like well i can't because i gotta work and i gotta go do this, that, and this. yeah you I'll know i end up going to one tonight yeah, after this, this podcast. but is, yeah. isn't that funny how the people around you like they they can tell yeah. when they're just like because mm-hmm. i've had that too where rashida would be like are you all right do you want to like uh we don't you know i know we were gonna hang out but Maybe you should go hit that meeting over there at the Atlanta Club. And, um, like, oh, you think I'm mad, huh? 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 Yeah. Oh, I guess like, you're right. Probably okay, should. Okay, well, let me, uh, all right, I'll see you at three then, honey. Right. And I'm always like, let me get my three bucks and my fucking. <laughs> three bucks? Yeah. Three buck check? I always throw three bucks in the basket. Good for you. Man. Yeah. Thank you. I always say to the meeting, thank you. Yeah. Here's a, if all I can give you is three bucks right now, I'll give you five next time I have it. Yeah. That made, doesn't make sense. But I'm like just saying, like, if that's all I can offer, at least I'll offer that. That's great, man. I, mean, I owe so much to it, man. And, like, I try not to, once again, be a representative of it. But in my life, even though I don't go a lot sometimes, like, I owe everything to it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what can you do, man? You know. So I guess I would I would just I want to kind of conclude here. Um, I think this is a good Thanks spot. Thanks for coming to our meeting. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say what you hear here, what you see here, please share it with your friends, subscribe yeah. and, uh, yeah. like us on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, here, 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 uh, YouTube too. I've only got 18 subscribers. So I could use one more. Be my number 19, baby. I'm one of those subscribers. Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, um, I guess it, it honestly, and I know it's, it's so easy to hear somebody else say, don't worry, man, it gets easier. And you're like, this is fucking bullshit. I don't know yeah. why I'm doing this. And Fuck these old guys talking about running. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. there's that that part. Your brain has got all these separate conflicting parts. My brain had, mm-hmm. let me just say it, let me put it to, let me just talk about myself here. My brain had a lot of different voices and they would fight each other and fight each other and fight each other. And little by little by little, I would start to listen to the more positive ones, to the ones that would tell me not to drink and the ones that would tell me everything's going to be okay. And little by little, they became the stronger voices in my head. And so those Mm -hmm. thoughts activated, you know, emotions, which activated behaviors and so on and so forth in the cycle of positivity. And, and, you know, it's like, well, fucking the world's shit anyway, it doesn't matter. And it's like, well... If the world is shit anyway, and if it doesn't matter, I'm really going to try and be as happy and as positive as I can because I've been given this like, it's going to sound corny to say it, but it's like I've been given this gift by who, by God, by nature, by by myself, by my sponsor, by my friends and family, whoever it is, like this gift has been given to me to like actually live a real life. And I love to tell people, I love to talk about it. And I love to tell people mm-hmm. about it. Not everybody really wants to hear that shit because no. <laughs> they are lots like, of people. Do. They're, they're, <laughs> they're just like fucking, you know, the same people who want to talk shit about you for losing 50 pounds in six months. Right. I don't want to hear this shit, but it's such a, it's such a gift. And I can't believe that I didn't do it earlier, except to say that I was just where I had to be to figure it out. And right. There's no, there's no magic pill or magic bullet, and I don't know how it sounds coming from me, but you know, um, it gets easier and it gets better. And if you hang on for today, then you can try again tomorrow, and you can do a little bit better each day. I mean, we always overestimate what we can get done in a day, and always underestimate yeah. what we can get done in a year. And like, yeah. fucking, just see what you can do for the next hour. 
whatever that is, whatever your thing is that, you know, keeps you from not drinking, try to do that shit for an hour. The meetings help, but there's lots of other things too. So yeah, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it gets better. And so if that's the truth, even at like my slow progress, like what's it going to be like in another five or 10? Will it be better if I keep, you know, working on myself? I hope so. Me too, John. Who knows? (laughs) How's that new uh, Outer Worlds game, by the way? It's all right. I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of reading. Yeah. Too much reading. No, it's pretty good. I've been playing this Division 2, actually, more than Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds is fun, though, but... Mm-hmm. I I I want to be social with my friends sometimes, so I started playing this other one, which is a shoot 'em up, Division Two, run around shoot. Is that uh, Tom Clancy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an Ubisoft game. Ubisoft makes they make all right games. Yeah, they do the Far. Cry. They did all the Far Cries. Those are super fun. This is yeah. similar to that kind of. I also want to put this out, and I know we don't have a lot of listeners, but if there's any people who are gamers. Um, specifically I want to, I'm going to do some research of my own, but if anybody knows about alcohol in games and I know Jerry and I want to do an episode that about how alcohol is portrayed in video games. So usually it just makes your vision blurry. It takes <laughs> down your charisma and gives you back some lost health. It depends on the game. Right. But I mean, almost always makes your vision blurry. Yeah. But in red dead, it fills your stamina cores. So, you know, does it, I guess you yeah. do get a little, you drink that. Yeah, Dutch and if courage. you drink too much and fall out, it'll definitely take your charisma away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no one wants to help you out. It's a stank. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. There you go, man. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at a is for alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>